Amen. I'd like to welcome you to our service. If you'd like to find your place in Psalms 103. Psalms 103, the title of the message is, Bless the Lord, O my soul. I tell you, we ought to bless him for the love divine that we have, all the love that he shed for you and me, that he gave his son to die on an old rugged cross to bear your sin and my sin in his body. And there he died, he gave his life's blood so that you and I could be set free. And then he was buried and he rose again for your justification. We have so much to bless the Lord for. You say, well, my family situation's in a mess. My financial situation's in a, in a mess. Uh, hey, my life's in a mess. Uh, well, you can still bless the Lord. Uh, oh, your soul, you can bless him for that love divine. And Psalms 103, I trust you found your place there. And we ought to bless him more this year. It's a brand new year. I, I, we can all say we didn't bless him enough last year. There's not a person say I blessed him to 100%. We ought to bless the Lord more in 2024. And Psalms 103 and, and verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. If you would go down to verse 15. It says, As for man, his days are as grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, uh, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, our theme verse and our theme for the year here at Friendship Baptist Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina is found in verse 1. And it's going to be in our bulletin every Sunday. And it's going to be a reminder every week of what the Lord expects of us and what he wants us to do more of in 2024. Verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Uh, two words have been real heavy on my heart for the past few months, uh, and that's the words better and bless. Uh, as we see the day approaching, it's imperative that we as Christians uh, have the character trait uh, of striving to do better and to be better for the Lord's sake. Uh, the status quo does not cut it when it comes to being a Christian. We cannot afford to get comfortable with an attitude of just barely getting by. The word better is found 114 times in the Bible. The Apostle Paul, and I mean, you talk about a Christian of Christians, it was the Apostle Paul. 
Even Paul said in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12 that not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Here we see that Paul never settled. He kept reaching forth. He kept pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. Hey, I don't know what you did last year, how you failed last year, but can I just say that's over with. Hey, forgetting those things which are behind. Hey, why don't you just reach forth in this new year and into those things which are before us. Hey, let's press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. No athlete or no sports team wants to settle. They always strive to do better. If you listen to them, if you listen to them after the game, even those that won, they'll always say something that they could have done better. When they interview the coaches on the sidelines, they'll talk about what they did good and they'll tell what they need to do better in the second half But we see that even athletes uh, strive to do better. They sacrifice more. They strengthen themselves. They work harder. And if a secular athlete or a sports team has enough character to want to do better, then how much more should the child of God endeavor to be better and to do things better for our Lord? An athlete strives for one event. Or maybe he strives for one season and he gives it his very best just to receive a temporary reward. Oh, but as a child of God, our inheritance and our recompense is an eternal reward. Pastor Jack Treber of the North Valley Baptist Church in California, he's been at that same church for 40 years plus. And I wrote down something in my Bible that he said. He said, a church should never rest for a very long time. It will destroy you. Standing still. Being satisfied with the status quo. Not advancing, not striving to do things better will destroy you. For those that are... uh, Physical athletes, or you know, they they like to exercise a lot. It says, uh, you, "You'll you'll recognize this this quote." It says, "A body in motion will tend to stay in motion, but a body at rest will tend to stay at rest." And look, there's nothing wrong with taking a day off. There, there's nothing wrong with a vacation or or going to see family or something like that. But I trust you in church when you go places like that. I, I trust you make making much of the Lord's day when you go to places like that. That ought to be your first priority when you're off and you take a vacation or you go somewhere. But God, uh, God designed the work week to be six days. Six days of the week is reserved for working and one day is reserved for rest. A father once told his son, he said, if you want to be successful in this life, then you need to work a half a day every day. 
That's 12 hours a day. That young man took that to heart and he went on to start the Holiday Inn hotel chain. I think he did pretty good for himself. But God has given us a new start, a fresh start of another year. God has given us another opportunity to serve Him. And we should strive to be better witnesses this year. We, we should strive to be better students of God's Word this year. If you're a singer, you should strive to do better. If you sing in the choir, you ought to strive to do better. If you're a Sunday school teacher, you ought to strive to do better. Or oh, if you're a deacon, you ought to be a better deacon than you were last year. If you're a layperson in the church, then you ought to be a better layperson in the church. Hey, if you're just a, if you just come to church faithfully and, and you're there, try to do more for him. Now if you drop the ball in that area and you ain't been coming to church like you should, maybe you ought to pick up right there and start doing more just in your church attendance. A man should strive to be a better husband if he's married. A, a, a woman, if she's married, should strive to be a better wife a better father, a better mother, a better grandparent, a better child. Our walk with God should be better this year than it was last year. Our service to the Lord ought to be better this year than last year. Our attitude ought to be better this year. Our giving of our time and our talents and our treasures ought to be better this year than it was last year. Our faithfulness to the Lord and to the church, it ought to be better this year. Our humility and our obedience ought to be better this year than last year. Our prayer life ought to be better this year I just wonder in 2023, I wonder how many blessings and how many opportunities we missed out on this past year simply because we did not pray enough. I heard a pastor say this week, the more you pray, it shows the more your need of the Lord and your reliance on Him. He said, but the less you pray shows how much you're not relying on Him. That means you're operating in the flesh. Jesus is coming again. And there's no time to waste. Uh, the Bible says that we're to work for the night cometh when no man can work. Uh, it just reminds us that our time is short. Our opportunities are short. Uh, hey, we're running out of time. Don't settle in 2024. Let's purpose in our heart that we're going to do things better for the Lord. Why? Because he's worthy that we give him our best. He's worthy that we bless him more in 2024. In Psalms 103 and verse 1 it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Does God have all that is within me and within you? Because we'll never bless his name the way his name deserves to be blessed until he has all that is within me. Is there any area of our lives that would not bless the Lord? I'm talking about our thoughts, our heart, our mouth, our disposition, our service, my hands, my feet, my spirit. Is there any part of me that God does not have? Because if we're not holy then how can we bless his holy name? How many times have we come to church or to a worship service and, and, but our blessing was not holy? Oh, we were here, 
But there was nothing about us that was holy. <laughs> oh yes, I'm not talking about not being saved. I'm just talking about having things in our life that shouldn't be there. And we tried to sing through the hymns. We tried to give to him. We tried to pray. We tried to praise his name, but we failed because we were not holy. You know, when Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up uh, and he heard the seraphims crying out, holy, 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 uh, I tell you, his response uh, was not to join in and try to fit in. No, he said in verse five, woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Oh, before he could make himself more available to the Lord, he had to make sure that there was nothing in his life that was not holy. I wonder what would happen if across our Bible-believing, Bible-preaching churches in America, if every member would show up one service on the same day, and God had all that was within them. I'm talking about every member walk in holy. Does God have all of us? Or does he only have 10%? Where have we drawn the line? Is it 20%, 30%? Well, well Lord, you, you can have me on Sunday. I'll give you two hours on Sunday. I, I'll give you one service on Sunday, but you know the rest of the time is for me. Well, if you believe in the tithe, then by the way, I do, and I believe it's 10%. Do you give God at least 10% of your time every week, every day? Do you give Him 10% of your finances? You ought to. It's biblical. Does He have all of you? In Psalms 103 and verse 2, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. If we're going to bless the Lord more in 2024, then it's imperative that we forget not all his benefits. You know what will hinder us from blessing the Lord more than anything else? It's the sin of forgetfulness. How many times have we neglected this verse in our life? A situation or a circumstance arises in our life and before we know it, we're so consumed with the present that we forget all of his benefits. We forget all that he has done to bring us to this point in our life. We forget his faithfulness. We get our eyes on the waves and the storm and the wind. And before you know it, we're not staring at Jesus anymore. You know the story back in Matthew 14 when Peter asked the Lord to bid him come to him on the water? What happened when he stepped off the boat? He did pretty good. He did all right until he saw the wind boisterous. Then the Bible says he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. What happened? He was doing fine till he saw the wind boisterous, uh, until he took his eyes off the presence of Jesus and he turned his focus uh, on the boisterous wind. Uh, I'm talking about that quick. Uh, Peter forgot uh, Jesus' presence. Uh, that quick, uh, Peter forgot Jesus' command to bid him come to him. I mean, that quick, uh, he forgot about Jesus' power. 
Peter was walking on water. Not because Peter could walk on water, but because Jesus is the one that enabled him to do that. He was walking on water at Jesus' command and in his power. How many times have we failed the Lord in this same area? Oh, and I'm not talking about walking on water. There's nobody doing that here. But we heard a noise. We received uh, some news maybe that caused us to take our focus off the Lord. and Maybe it's the news of some sickness or some financial news or a family news, uh, but the circumstance became so boisterous in our, our lives that just like this, uh, just like that, uh, we lost focus of the Savior's presence. Uh, we lost focus of his power and his purpose uh, for being where we were in the first place. You know, in Matthew 14, the disciples and Peter they were in the middle of a storm, but they were in the will of God. They were there because Jesus had sent them there. And at the right time, Jesus came to them, but they were so focused on the storm, they were so focused on the wind and the noise and the turbulence and the loudness of their circumstance that they could not see clearly. When Jesus came to them, they thought that Jesus was a spirit. And they didn't even recognize his voice. I could almost understand out there seeing something like that in the dark and getting spooked a little bit maybe. I could all, but, but when you heard his voice, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Hey, that, that voice, they ought to have recognized that voice because it was the same voice that constrained them to get on the ship before the storm ever started. It was the same voice that they heard blessed the five loaves and two fishes. It was the same Jesus who turned a desert place into a place of abundance. They had just witnessed Jesus turn a happy meal into a buffet that fed over 5,000 people. Boy, how quick are we to forget all his benefits around here, this church, and for many of you. The end of 2023 was boisterous. I'm not talking about the storm that we had on December 17th, and I thank the Lord for keeping us safe through that storm. But for many, this was not an ordinary Christmas. It was almost to the point for me that I dreaded answering the phone when it rang. It, it, it seemed that every phone call, every other phone call was someone in hurt, someone going through some suffering. Oh, and it, and it broke my heart for them. It seemed to just be one wave after another coming. The wind was getting boisterous, but here's where I found rest. I found hope in remembering all his benefits. You and I, we don't know what we're going to face in 2024, but one thing we do know is that God is faithful, that God is merciful, and that his compassions, they're new every morning. All his benefits are worthy that we bless his name. That's in the good times and the bad times. In verse 2, we're, we're commanded... To bless the Lord, oh my soul. Why? For all his benefits. In verse 3, we find the 
another benefit that we're never to forget. In verse 3 it says, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. There is one moment in time that we should never forget. There's one moment in time that we should never get over. And that's the day that God saved your soul. On that day, you were saved from hell. On that day, you were given everlasting life. You were given a home in heaven. You were given a new family. On that day, God gave you a new purpose. He gave you a new life that was worth living. He gave you a hope that's everlasting. The day that God saved you, He forgave all your iniquities. The song, It is well with my soul, comes to mind. And in verse 2 it says, Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Uh, don't forget uh, that he forgiveth you, that he's forgiven your iniquities. Don't ever forget that. Who forgiveth all that iniquities. Horatio Spafford never forgot that. In the darkest time of his life, he didn't forget what God had done for him. Oh, verse 3 says, My sin, oh, the bless of the glorious thought. My sin, not in part but the whole, is nailed to the cross. I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. It's well with my soul today because he forgiveth all mine iniquities. But can I tell you and show you and read to you what the contemporaries, talk about Hillsong, out of hell. These contemporaries who do not use the King James Bible, can I, can I just read to you what they've done with it is well with my soul and how they've twisted the truth from the hymn? Just like they use these fake versions of the Bible and their songs, just like the versions, these fake versions of the Bible that they use take away the truth and replace the truth with religious psycho-Bible. They kept the first verse the same because that just really speaks of the heartache, the hurt. But then they didn't really care for verse 2, so you know they're going to change that. In verse 2, this is what they said. Now remember, the original song says, Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. That's the original. But listen to their verse. But Lord, is for thee. For thy coming we wait. The sky, not the grave, is our goal. O trump of the angel, O voice of the Lord, blessed hope. Blessed rest of my soul. These are all religious words, but they don't really make any sense compared to the original. And then 
The third verse, the original third verse says, My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. You know what they do with the third verse? They just don't even use it. But they put a bridge in there. So they can just go, you know, chorus, bridge, chorus, 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 chorus. And this is the bridge they put in. You are the rock on which I stand. By your grace it is well. My hope is sure in Christ my Savior. It is well with my soul. I, I don't know about you. I kind of like verse 3 from the original. My sin. Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but all of it. The whole is nailed to the cross. And I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Just like the fake versions of the Bible, all these contemporaries use, they don't want to convey the truth that Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. In Ephesians 2 and verse 8 it says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Jesus died for me and he died for you. He bore my sin and your sin in his body on the cross. Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again for our justification. What can wash my sin away? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I just started scratching the surface here in Psalms 103. and I'm not going to, for the sake of time, I'm, I'm going to cut it off here, but would you keep reading this passage? Would you keep studying this passage? And would you look at all the reasons listed as to why you and I should bless His name more in 2024? Jesus is the only one that can forgive all your iniquity. Christian, would you purpose in your heart to do things better this year and to bless the name of the Lord more this year than last year? Why should you do that? Why should I do that? Jesus is coming again. Hey, let's purpose in our heart to make 2024 the best year yet. Let's be found faithful. Why? Because Jesus is worthy.